Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark Rituero, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of, of mixed martial arts. Today we will review both the most recent and upcoming events and MMA news. Each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest host. We'll also give our picks as to who we think will win the next uh, UFC main event. Remember to keep listening to the show, because at the end of the show, we will show you, the listeners, how to win a special prize each week. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook for news and latest updates for future episodes. Also, we appreciate any donations from our listeners to keep this podcast up and running. You can make a donation by going to anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. Also, we'll be looking for guests to appear on our show along with people who want to act as a sponsor and promote their product and brand. For more information, just contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Also, as a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller novel to read, check out the book called The Cabal. The cycle begins. You can find it on both the Amazon and Barnes & Noble website. It's also available in Kindle format, paperback, and audio book format. If you're looking for a good book for your kid to read, check out the books written by a young girl by the name of Christina Ritorio. She has two books out on the market, both on the Amazon and Barnes & Noble website. Her books are called I Am a Survivor and Invisible Girl. As of now, only the Invisible Girl is available in audiobook format on both on iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. Okay, everyone, thanks for joining us. Keep on listening. We'll begin shortly after this break. All right, guys, we're back live on the show. I got uh, my old jiu-jitsu training partner, Zane, on the line. We're here to discuss last week's UFC fight that took place on ESPN between Jacare Souza and Jack Hermanson. So, so Zane, what are your uh, thoughts on the fight? I actually thought it was a pretty good card. Oh, it was. Uh, it was one of the cards. Uh, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, kind of blast from the past. Uh, it's nice to talk about something that we're both passionate about. But, yeah, I did think it was a great card. Um, I thought that it showed how some uh, unknown fighter, uh, a great fighter, can come in and challenge or, uh, you know, even be uh, a well-known, uh, you know, loved fighter like John Bray. So I think that uh, uh, Jack, he, uh, he showed some, some true skill. Uh, it looked a little bit robotic at times. Uh, very effective, obviously a nice long straight hard jab uh, that kept John Gray uh, at bay and uh, prevented him from from doing a lot of things that, that he wanted to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he does have a uh, somewhat of a decent record here. Um, he's got 24 fights, only four losses. Pretty good, uh, pretty good record there. But then again, I mean. They're not like they were, the fights weren't all in the UFC. They were in other divisions like uh, Cage Warrior Fighting Championships, as well as the Warrior Fight Series. But I thought he did a good job. The one fight that I was impressed with was the uh, the Perry fight. Um, Mike Perry and Alex Oliveira. I thought that was a very very exciting fight. I mean, those guys were going at it like crazy. Sometimes there's an injury. Sometimes 
things like. Yeah, exactly. The one guy I was definitely imp- impressed with in terms of technique was uh, John Lineker. I mean, he didn't seem like he's, he was winging his punches as much. They were nice and crisp. Uh, even though he lost the fight, I thought he did, you know, it was a very good fight. I uh, wasn't too familiar familiar with uh, Corey Sanhagen, but he definitely put on a good show. But uh, you know who I liked, though, out of the whole night, I was pretty impressed, was uh, Glover Tex- Texera. With, when he defeated, uh, when he won, he came back in the fight, and then he won with a rear naked choke. I mean, a guy's not a well, young gun anymore. <laughs> well, I was about to say, it was like, uh, I, I didn't have a chance yet to, to comment on both, but uh, with Lineker, I do agree with you that he became much more technical. He was forced to be uh, very smart with his approach, and he, he wasn't just winging the punches. He was winging it with a um, with uh, I I feel a lot better this time than in the past with uh, a lot more a lot more of a um, of a plan in place, not just throwing it out there and hopefully he lands. Now, the Uh, thanks for your input there, Zane. Uh, I'm sure you're sure you're going to be looking forward to this weekend's fight as well, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, just, uh, just remind our fans out there who we got on the card. Uh, it's Donald Cerrone, right? And then I think he's fighting that guy from uh, Matt Serra's card. Uh, God. Yeah, yeah, that should be a good fight. Yeah. to jack a race fight uh me and you were talking briefly you were you, you were talking about that particular escape he did when they were uh, on the oh, ground Definitely, definitely learned something from watching that fight. I would have never, I've never gotten out of guillotines that way. But then again, that guy does his guillotine a little bit different from most. I mean, he specializes in the arm in guillotine. 
But yes, I was putting his the way he put his back to the mat to get out. I thought it was really really uh, impressive. Uh, unfortunately, he came away with a loss on it. But I'm sure you know Jack Ray will come back. Um, I'm sure in the next couple months and hopefully come out again with a victory. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. With, with the with the uh, with the arm out guillotine, I mean, it's a little bit easier to reach over and protect yourself when you're in the guard in the yeah. guillotine. Now, with the arm in guillotine, uh, you know, besides the turning to the side and putting your shoulders to the mat, do you? Uh, what would be your first choice to uh, you know to either get out or to just not be submitted? Well, I always try to get control of the choking hand. That's my first line of defense. And then I usually try to, if I can, depending on how good the guy is with his guard, to stand up and elevate it so it makes less pressure on on the, on the choking side of the artery. So I usually try to stand up, and then I try to grab one of his hands. But it is a, it is a lot harder with an arm and guillotine to get out. But not everybody's good at it, though. Not everybody's really good at it. That guy that he fought is really good at the arm and tri- uh, guillotine. It's not that easy to get it get it with the uh, arm, and I find it a lot easier without the arm, to be truthful. Um, oh, yeah, sure. I think that, the, I think, <laughs> in my opinion, the reason why people do the arm and guillotine is because I think it's a little bit more difficult to reach over the shoulder to relieve the pressure yeah, rather than... Yeah. I don't know if it's the, if it's so much that I think it's just because it's always there. Because um, if you're in, you know if you're on the bottom, especially in an MMA fight, you're always going to try to control the guy's arm, and then if you see the neck, you're going to go for it. So you, it's kind of like you're always there grabbing the other arm and then tr- uh, trying to choke him on the neck with your other arm that's free. Um, at least I know from my grappling experience, I always try to control at least one arm, other than. The, the other side of them, the other arm that I'm choking with. So it is, it is a little bit more common, but I think it's less uh, successful than compared to a regular, to a regular guillotine from the guard. What's your opinion about a high elbow guillotine? Uh, those suck. <laughs> if you're caught in them, they suck. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, obviously, uh, the higher level guys, they they may choose to perfect the high elbow in order to avoid yeah, yeah you can even do that from a guard but there like, I'm gonna even try to think of a like I can't even really think of a, like an effective escape from that because that the whole purpose of the high elbow guillotine is that you can't reach over and get you right. know and then you know put pressure on the guy to get your neck out um they suck I, I could tell you I've been caught in a few of them um there were a lot of guys at my Last goal I trained is that they were really good at the high elbow, and it sucks. Um, I know Marcelo Garcia, that's like one of his go-to moves. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, like the sport's always progressing. Jiu-Jitsu is, well, is, is one particular combat sport that always progresses. Jiu-Jitsu today is always going to be um, not as effective as Jiu-Jitsu, let's say, in a year or two from now. Those guys are constantly coming up with uh, especially John Denneher and his death squad guys. Those guys are, you know, hats off to well, them. They, they come Denneher, up with, he, like... He perfected, uh, or, you know, one of the people that seems to uh, always be perfecting that high elbow. Yeah. Well, I know that he's put out a couple of videos on it. But listen, I know that our time is limited. Yep. Uh, maybe next time we can actually go over, um, you know, your opinion about, uh, like you said, about these newer, I guess, more, uh, I guess, the... Uh, uh, Millennial, you know, uh, jiu-jitsu players and how yeah, they yeah. players with bolo bolo and footlocks yeah. and and uh, you know just how they play open guard. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, we could talk about this all yeah. day. And then uh, to the listeners out there, feel feel free to call into the show using the anchor app and give us your opinions on this weekend's past fight. And if there's any uh, jiu-jitsu or MMA fighters that are looking to get on a show and get interviewed. Just uh, hit me up on my Facebook page, Mark the Shark, the MMA, Mark the Shark MMA Show on Facebook, and we'll be in touch. All right, guys, we'll be back after this break.
All right, guys, we're back live. Today we got a special guest by the name of Sora Vernikoff. She's the author of the number one best-selling book on Amazon, Eat What You Want, Stop What You Want, a no-diet weight loss program. How are you doing today, Sora? I'm really doing well. If it would stop raining in Manhattan, it would be great. <laughs> uh, it's raining over here in Jersey, too. I know the weather's been kind of crazy, right? One day is really warm, and right. then it, the next day it's like pretty freezing out and then it's like constantly raining my wife was actually just saying it feels like we're in washington instead of new jersey yeah, i mean yeah exactly um one day here we had warm cold and then rain it's just like very weird <laughs> i hear you so um for everybody out there um zora's got a very unique approach to losing weight and i know a lot of mma fighters are constantly cutting weight and the same thing with jiu-jitsu fighters and pretty much everybody in, in life is trying to like lose weight and so they can look better and so forth. So, Sora, I got a question for you. You call yourself the no diet expert. Can you explain why diets don't work? Well, um, that's a great question, Mark. Um, what happened was over 20 years ago, I used to teach really tough kids and, in Brooklyn. And these are kids who walk, talk, and did those other things. And at the same time, I used to diet, take off the weight and put the weight back on. Well, one day I looked out at these 35 fourth graders and I said, how come so are these fourth graders who do all those things, they listen to you, but food has no animate qualities, you can't stop thinking about it and you can't stop eating. And I was very frustrated because I would follow every rule of every diet and then regain the weight. At that moment in time I went, huh, I'm gonna stop dieting, but I'm gonna journal all my eating experiences to find out why I can't eat and stop. Well, I did that, and I took off 25 pounds that I've kept off since 84. And then I knew that I could transfer my classroom management techniques to food management techniques, and I developed these two eat-and-stop techniques that I teach in my book. And the reason that diets don't work, Mark, is because they're not your rules. Because I want your, you and your listeners to pretend to see a clock, and you'll see why diets don't work. At 12 o'clock, you go on a diet, you decide, I want to be thinner and healthier, I'm going to follow the rules because I can't do it on my own. So immediately you have this negative relationship with food, which is fear-based. Then you follow the rules and get to 3 o'clock. Yay, I'm good, good, good. I can follow the rules of the diet. I lost a pound. I can book the cruise. I can buy a new dress. I can try a new technique in the ring. And you're happy. But by 6 o'clock, which could be a day, two days, three days, any amount of time, which is different for each of your listeners, you can't take it anymore. Oh, my God, I want Oreos, and I want five Oreos, and I want a grilled cheese sandwich, not a regular cheese sandwich with two slices of cheese and not one. So what do you do? You diet binge, you diet overeat, and, and, and to get away from the rules of the diet. But a diet binge is a catch-22 behavior because, on the one hand, you do get back the control and the management by taking away the, from the rules of the diet. On the other hand... After you finish getting relief, and I call it relief, then you beat yourself up. Oh, my God, look what I just did. Um, no wonder I had to go on a diet. I can't follow any of these rules. I'm such a bad person. I can't trust myself. So what do you do? You go to 9 o'clock, and you go back to your diet at 12 o'clock, knowing full well that there's another diet binge that's lurking in the back of your mind. And so diets don't work because they're not your rules. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think like, I think I understand what you're talking about here. So when you're dieting, so, it, it keeps having you think about food all day, correct? Correct, right, because when you diet, it's all about deprivation. Look, what is a diet? It's four people in a corporate boardroom who decide what you can eat and what you can't eat, how much you should eat and when you should eat what. Now, you're a person. All your listeners are different people. They may want to eat different things at different times of the day, and yet... They choose to commit to the rules of the diet. So not so they're basically listening to the Pied Piper of Hamlin who's leading them to the river to drown them because basically you're not having the foods that you want in the amounts that you want because you don't trust yourself to begin with, and it's all about deprivation. So how can you follow rules? You know, how can you follow the rules of something that you don't want to follow the rules of? That applies to anything, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. basically, dieting pretty much ultimately fails. Then, and then you know, and then you, and then the result you can. So when you're dieting, you ultimately will fail, and as a result, yes. you'll keep yes. getting and weight. Why, that's a great point, Mark. You will. I promise you, you will 
ultimately fail. And if you, why do you think there are like 200 diets? Because none of them work. If one of them worked, then we wouldn't need 200 diets. But you are, I promise you and your listeners, you will fail. Hmm. So you think <laughs> that... So why do you think diets keep you afraid of food and not let you have a peaceful relationship with food? Right. Um, another great question. Well, that's because how can you have peace with something you can't have? When someone says you can't have something, then you're always going to fight to have it unless you become a slave to the diet, but then you become a very unhappy person. That's why diets don't work. How long can a slave be a slave? A slave is going to, you know... How long can a slave be a slave? I mean, some people choose to remain slaves. I don't want to be a slave to a diet's rules. It's always going to keep you hungry and unhappy and deprived. They're not your rules. Hmm. And you're always thinking about, you're either thinking about the next time you can eat on the diet food that you may not really want, or you're thinking about what you really want that you can't have that's not on the diet. <laughs> There's no way out except to binge. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so there. What are the food? Two food types that that you keep, you know, focusing on so that you, you know, meet the weight loss challenge. Well, what I no, what I saw in my journaling experiences were the only two basic types of food that anyone thinks about on the seven continents of this earth, and that is the inside food thought caller and the outside food thought caller. So. An inside food thought caller is like I, I got up this morning and my stomach was grumbling. That grumble was my hunger. So I said, hmm, what would you like to eat? And I thought about having, um, I thought about having crackers and cheese and that growling felt better. So that's what I ate for breakfast. Now, so you could, there are four types of inside food thought callers. You can get an inner grumbling or feeling of lightheadedness or food. Your mouth can tell you it wants to chew and maybe you just want gum. Then if there's the cold drink caller and the hot drink caller, so if you're in extreme heat, your body might be telling you it needs water. Or if you're in extreme cold, your body might be saying you need a hot chocolate. So those are the inside food thought callers when the origin of the signal to put something in your mouth comes from inside your body through a sense of hunger or thirst. Or just a desire to chew but not on food if you want gum. The second is the outside food thought caller. So that's like you see food and you want it. So there was no inner hunger signal. You just, you know, walking down in your in your mall in Jersey and you see a new pizza place and you go, hmm, I have to try that. But you're not really hungry. You just want to try it. That's an outside food caller because it comes from a stimulus outside your body. And then there's the outside gum caller. You see gum and want it. Outside cold drink and outside hot drink caller. So outside callers is where the stimulus to have the food is from an outside source and not from your body. Hmm. So basically, sometimes people eat even when they're not hungry. It is well, most, something yeah, makes well, them want to eat something. Right. I mean, we use foods for all kinds of reasons, okay? If you're bored, if you're happy, if you're afraid. I mean, you know, you could sit all day and eat based on your feelings. That's mm. like a... You know, that is the truth, okay? But um, but that's not what I'm about. I'm about giving people the tools so they have the choice to have any of the four foods that I mentioned and know before they put the food in their mouth that they can chew or drink and stop themselves. Mm. And that's what it's about. That's what people can't do. That's, what that, that's why they go on a diet because they don't have the choice to look at a cake and say, oh, I can't have it because I'll eat the whole cake then. The technique I teach you allows you to know that you can have that cake and stop when you want to stop before you eat. And so it's really the freedom of choice to eat and stop. Mm. So it sounds like a little bit of like having more self-control. Like I know me, I don't, well, there's certain right. foods, once I start eating, I can't stop. Well, 
<laughs> so how do you control yourself to eat what you want and and then stop yourself? And the same thing how with do you like, do it? yeah. How do you, how do you do that? Okay, so I'm now going to teach you and your audience how to use one of the two eat and stop yourself techniques. So I want everybody to get ready to find peace with food. So, Mark, what's your favorite food? Oh, you're gonna laugh. Cheese. I love you cheese. All right, so pick one cheese, because otherwise it makes it difficult. All right. Uh, favorite brand is Cracker Barrel Extra Sharp Cheese. Cracker. Wait a minute. Cracker Barrel. Extra sharp is the flavor, yeah. Extra sharp. Now, I want all your listeners to think about their favorite food right now because whatever I say to Mark, I'm going to be saying to you as well. So, Mark, I want you to pretend that that you're using my program and that the Cracker Barrel Extra Sharp Cheese is in front of you. Before you can have that Cracker Barrel Extra Sharp Cheese, I want you to ask yourself two questions, and I want you to do this quietly while I say this to you. I want you to ask yourself, how much is enough and how much is too much? I want you to do that now. Take a pretend moment and ask yourself, how much is enough and how much is too much? Okay. Now, I want you to take the knife that's that's near you. And, And for all of your listeners, I want you, whatever food you're thinking about, I want you to ask yourself, how much is enough and how much is too much? just like Mark just did. Now, Mark, I want you to take that knife that's near you, and I want you to cut that cheese so that you have two amounts, the amount that's enough and the amount that's too much. I want you to pretend to do that now. Okay. Now you have two amounts of cheese in front of you, just like your listeners have two piles of food in front of them. The pile they decided was enough and the pile they decided was too much. Now I want you to move aside the amount that's too, the pile that's too much called your marker. So move aside your marker away from the amount that you decided was enough. And I want your listeners to do the same. Move away the amount that's too much from the amount that's enough. Okay. Now you can eat the amount that you decided was enough. And then I want you to look at your marker when you're done. So I want you to take a pretend moment, I want all your listeners to take a pretend moment to eat the amount of cheese that you decided was enough, and then look at the marker. And after you've done that, I want you to let me know. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) You just ate and stopped. And the reason you ate and stopped, because one, you decided how much was enough. The marker was your visual insurance that you were having enough. So... And then you looked at your marker after you ate and stopped. So that means that you ate and stopped. Because you had enough, you decided how much was enough, and the marker is your visual enough helper. Or your visual enough eat and stop yourself helper. Hmm. That's a good way of now looking you're at gonna, it. Now you're going to say to me, but Sora, I want more cheese. So I'm going to say take your marker and do the same thing again. Before you eat, how much is enough? How much is too much? Cut the amount that's too much. Push it aside. Eat the amount that you knew was enough. And then look at your marker. That marker lets you know that you ate and stopped yourself because you had enough. Okay. Now, once you learn to eat and stop yourself by always knowing that you can have enough, then you're going to want less cheese. Because what I found was the reason I couldn't eat and stop myself was that nothing was enough. Okay, so I knew I had to develop two techniques that let me know how much was enough so I could eat and stop. And once you know that you can eat and stop, you're going to think less about food and you're going to eat less. And that's how the technique works. Hmm. It's a pretty uh, interesting way of uh, looking at, you know, controlling yourself and seeing what you eat and, and you know, losing weight. Now, do you often find by filling your stomach with, like, different types of food can help you lose weight faster, you know, like with low-calorie foods? Yeah, well, I call that bloating. It's um, Chapter 7 in my book. Um, bloating, like a lot of times people that love food just want something. Well, instead of having the calories of I want something, you can also bloat. And bloating is having a low-caloric type of food like a salad or a low-calorie shake or even a banana, something to fill your stomach and stuff it out so that you feel you can 
wait longer for some more food. But you also have to still use the green technique because until you decide how much is enough, nothing is enough. And yeah. I'm, all, I'm passionately attached to the idea of having enough. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm really passionate about, that you can have enough of the food that you really want, have no, don't have to follow the rules of someone else's diet, don't have to eat what someone else tells you to eat, and once you see that you can have enough, then you're going to be at peace. Hmm, okay. Now, do you find, like, certain foods, you know that you can eat throughout the day? Because, you know, certain people say you should eat, like, five or six times a day, like, small portions to lose weight. Are there any, like, certain no, types no, of foods? No, no, it doesn't matter. Look, it doesn't matter how many portions you eat a day. It doesn't matter how healthy you eat. It doesn't matter where you buy your food. If you can't eat and stop, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have a weight problem. Hmm. I, I'm about these two techniques. By trade, I'm not an... By trade, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I taught school for 30 years, the worst kids in the world. I transferred my classroom management techniques to food management techniques. There's only one way to manage food consistently for the rest of your life, and that's to let go of deprivation, to know that you can eat and stop yourself. And I don't care what other tools you use, you're going to be fighting with food the rest of your life. Hmm. So what if you eat five times a day? So what if you eat three times a day? But if you can't eat and stop, what's the point? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, are there there's any, no like... There's no point. It's, it's a, I don't like to do things twice. You know, I like to do things and get results. And you have to decide, what do you, what do you want for yourself? Do you want to fight with food the rest of your life? Do you want to fight with those thoughts? Or do you want to get, and then still go on a diet? If you want to fight with food and feel deprived and be miserable, then go on a diet and follow someone's four, four people's corporate rules in a, in a, you know, in some diet center. Or if you want to make peace with food, there's only one road, and that's to know you can eat and stop by having enough. And that's the only road. Hmm. Because if you don't, if food is like money. If you don't have enough money, then you're always going to be upset and complaining and feel like you don't have enough money. But if you ask yourself how much is enough and how much is too much, if you make $100 a week and you, and you say, well, 90 is enough and 10 is too much, and you save the 10, you're not going to feel as bad. Am I right? Yeah, that's actually a good way of looking at it. Exactly, because yeah. food is money. <laughs> food, to me, food is money. That should, be your, that, should, that should be your new slogan now. Food is money. Instead of time well, is money, food is money. Not, yeah, that's really... Listen, they're not listening to Susie Orman. They're not going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good slogan, right? Food is money. Exactly, but food is money. Until you decide how much is enough, nothing is enough, and you're always going to feel miserable. So I apply the same to food. Until you know, before you eat, how much is enough. Can you eat and stop? No. So does it matter if you eat nutritionally? No. Does it matter if you buy the most expensive organic foods? No, you're still going to be overweight. So buy the foods you like, but use the technique. Hmm. Now, is there any like tools like you use to help you keep you thin that are in the kitchen or any like stuff that you use around to help you keep thin? Well, um, I'm a big believer in taking as much anxiety out of the eating experience as possible and to stay focused on the food in your plate and to stay focused on the green technique. So one of the suggestions I have is to always sit in the same chair in your house when you eat because then, you know, whenever you do the same thing over and over and over again, it always gets boring. So if you know that you're going to sit in the same chair to eat all the time, Sitting in that chair becomes boring. Now, that's a good thing because that boredom lets you concentrate on using my system. <laughs> so, you know, I say use the same plate, use the same seat, use the same color napkin, everything to make the focus on the food the most important experience in that total eating experience. So I'm a big believer in that. Now, are there other routines that you use throughout your day to, to keep you on track? Well, I'm a big believer in a, let's, I don't know how to say this, in a, let's, a pre-planned day, meaning I don't think you should get up in the morning and think, what am I going to do today? I don't think that's a healthy way to live. That's my personal opinion. 
So I think that um, once you set up your day, it actually makes dealing with food easier. Because if you're busy and you're just taking care of things, probably food won't even cross your mind until you finish your whatever it is you do, whether it's work or raising your kids or whatever it is you do. I, I believe in having a routine, a daily routine. I'm not saying it has to be every day the same, or I'm not saying you can't be flexible. But without a daily routine, I really don't think, I think you need that structure in your life, and that will help you deal with your, your eating times. So I'm a big believer in that. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty, uh, makes sense. You know, if you have a certain routine, it keeps you on track. Um, yeah, whether it's, you know, in a diet or anything else in life, right? So I say that having a routine keeps you on track, can help you keep you on track, with not just on your diet, but with other things in life as well. Well, uh, here's the thing. If you're not on track, guess what? You're off track. And if you're off track, guess what? You might be hit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't matter whether it's in your finances, in your food, with your kids, with your spouse. It's, it, then, that's, then you need a therapist that's 350 for 45 minutes. It's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> so, Sora, if someone wanted to contact you and find out more about your program and what you do, how would they how would they find out about? It? Just go to your website. Yes. Yeah, I have a website, Mark. It's www.nodieting.net. That's www.nodieting.net. And if they sign up, they can get immediately a no dieting. It's not your fault report for free, and they'll get my week, uh, my monthly make peace with food newsletter. They can also um, get my book on my site, which is Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want, a no diet weight loss program. Or they can go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNobles.com. Okay. And are you going to be around any uh, speaking engagements or any other uh, media events? Well, I am doing an event next week, a wellness event, but I don't have the exact information in front of me. But um, let, uh, last week I, I spoke to a Hadassah group. If anyone knows of a group that they would like me to do a lunch and learn with, I have an interactive um, book talk called Make Your Make Peace with Food Book Talk, and let them contact me. I'd be glad to do a lunch and learn or a book talk, either one. It's a lot of fun. Okay, and for all the listeners out there, you can use the Anchor app to get in contact with me and leave any questions that you may have that I can reach out to Sora and she can get back to you. Um, again, um, you can always also contact me on my Facebook page. Sora, do you have a Facebook page as well? Yes, it's called, uh, <laughs> oh my God, it's called uh, peace, uh, Making Peace with Food, I believe. I, I, wait a minute, oh, wait, 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 it's called, um, you know, this is really weird, Facebook, uh, well, they can get in contact, oh, make peace with food. Okay. Uh, it's called Peaceful Food Management, so it's, um, peace, it's called Peaceful Food Management, and that's my business page. Okay. So that's another way a way of you listeners to get in touch with Sora. You can find her on her website called nodieting.net or on her Facebook page. Or you can contact me using the Anchor app um, and leave a message on the podcast. And I can uh, put you in touch with her. All right, guys. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back on the show. I'm here with my uh, special guest host, Steve Lynn. Good to be here. A former amateur MMA fighter and an old uh, jiu-jitsu sparring partner of mine. Uh, we're here to talk about the upcoming UFC fight between Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Al Iaquinta. And, but before we get into that, I just got like one major gripe with all these... Uh, contact sports, combat sports go into the streaming services like the UFC going to ESPN Plus and what's the other one? Bellator's going to where? Uh, the EZN. Yeah. I, I mean, I, what are your thoughts on that? To me, I find it like to be a pain in the ass. You can't like record the shows anymore. You can't go to a bar to watch the fights with your friends. Well, let me give you a counterpoint, Mark. Uh, I know you're kind of a little bit down on service, but I'll say this as someone, you know, back in the day, 
trying to watch TLRTs versus Chuck Liddell as a high school kid. I couldn't drive to go to the bars. Uh, I remember I actually couldn't even see the fight live. I had to wait until the Sure Dog had the results right afterwards. Yeah. Saltillo lost. was very sad at the time because I was a big fan at the time. But uh, I remember, yeah, and afterwards, I remember I had to go for a lot of these message boards looking for these really low quality, you know, like was it real player? You remember that? Mark, yeah, real yeah, player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looking for these like really, and then, you know, you can barely see with Tito except the fact that he sees big blurry head. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, he's, you know, Chuck was Mohawk. So you know, I'm all I'm all about uh, I'm all about more access to these fights. You know the pay per view model. I think that's dying for a lot. Of, not just combat sports, but for a lot of other things. That's kind of uh, on the way out. Uh, everyone's all about the you know, packages now, right? They yeah. want to pay one subscription. You get all these things together. They don't want to uh, you know pay. You want to pay one fee for that. You know for a movie, one fee for because you remember pay per view movies, right? Yeah. What's the show was it. It's kind of a little bit for my time, but was it Showtime or? Well, they the, still they still yeah. got Showtime and HBO. For me, I just find it like a pain. Like I used to be able to watch the uh, the pre. Well, you still can find the watch the prelims to the UFC for free, but then you can also get like a couple of those fight nights for free on Fox Sports. I mean, I still think and right? Bellator. You know, you can watch yeah. every night on uh, Spike. Well, now it's called. Uh, I mean, Paramount. 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 Paramount, Paramount, Paramount Networks. Whatever they're called now, but now it's like all right. I, where do you go? You gotta have an app on your phone for this, and then another one for that. It's kind of like a fusing words. And if you, I mean, you can watch it. I think up to what is it, thirty or sixty days on ESPN. They keep uh, it. There's a free trial. I know because I was watching this the other day with some of the prelim cards. Yeah. If you're not part, like, uh, if you don't have ESPN network. Yeah. They let you watch thing about maybe like ten minutes free at a time. Before yeah, you but have if, you, if you have the right. subscription, how yeah. long do they keep the fights on there for? I think it's like 30 days or something. Is it? I actually, I at least for ESPN Plus, I'm not sure about Dazzin, but I think with ESPN Plus, they're having something similar to the UFC uh, Fight Pass. Uh, how long do they keep? Gonna, no, it's like permanent. They're going to have a library of the Oh, okay. It's going to be yeah. permanent. And apparently, okay. they're going to go... Uh, that's, actually one reasons, that's actually one of the reasons I was, uh, my uh, subscription to UFC Fight Pass has ran out recently, and I didn't jump, I did not re- um, resubscribe right away just because I want to see what ESPN, what they're going to keep adding to it. Yeah. Uh, the advantage of Fight Pass is that you get a lot of content besides UFC, they, you, know, you get a uh, glory kickboxing. They've been showing a lot of Eddie Bravo Invitational. If you're a yeah, fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even some boxing. I think Roy Jones. He has okay. some kind of boxing promotion right now. If he's is actually getting streamed on UFC uh, Fight Pass, so there is the advantage of that. And they also have the key in the cage. Yeah, the XC a lot of those old shows. But but right now, I think ESPN Plus is probably gonna be the new thing that the UFC kind of tries to build up. Yeah. So that's why I have re- yeah. That's why I have renewed my subscription. Yeah. I don't know what the total logic is behind it. I am sure. The UFC and Bellator see it as a money-making factor. I don't know if it saves them money or if they make more money, but obviously they're doing it for a money reason. I just find it kind of annoying that, hey, if you want to get together with a bunch of friends at a bar, the bar is not going to have a streaming service. Not anymore, right? They, you know, yeah. they, they only have the pay-per-view event, so for me it's kind of annoying. But I do remember back in the day, I'm dating myself, we used to get like the black box oh, yeah. to watch the UFC mm. when it was banned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. In the early days, so like my friend used to always have a black box, and he used to always go over to his house to watch the uh, the fights there. But I do understand, like you know, but I mean, it is kind of convenient. You can watch it on your phone if you're on the go, whatever. Anyway, so that that was my little gripe. So what do you think with the main card tonight? Who do you think? Right, Alan Quinta versus uh, Donald Cerrone. Yeah, I know Alan Quinta is coming off a pretty big win, right? Kevin Lee. Yeah, yeah. A big name in the lightweight division. People were saying that he would be a future contender. He was already talking about, you know, fighting for the belt. But he obviously, Al Quinta, Raging Al, from our long East Coast, Long Island. Yeah, boy, yeah. You know, he kind of put a, a stop break to that. Uh, but, you know, uh, Donaldson Rowe, he's been around for a long time. I remember, actually, the first time I ever heard about his name when he fought Jamie Varner back in the WEC days. Yeah, That's when yeah. Jamie Varner, I believe he had the belt back then. Yeah. turning up a lot of people. And Donald came in, I believe the fight actually ended in a draw. But, you know, he showed off a lot of... Uh, a lot of good skills in that fight, and then I believe he had some title shots with the WEC. Lost to Ben Henderson yeah. twice, I believe. Then he went to UFC, and he's very the things that Dallas Rowe, You never know which one's gonna show up. He's very high or cold. You know, sometimes for a while he had he had this, was it this like four or five winning streak. Yeah, he put on a pretty right? good yeah. winning streak till he gets to that title yeah. contention, and then it. I don't know if it's a mental thing or maybe the guy he's fighting is just that much better than him, and then he ends up losing. This fight is at 155, right? I believe it, because Alan Quinta, he always fights that yeah. fight. I, I was wondering about that. I thought, yeah. I thought it was at 155, because I know he went, uh, you know, Cowboy went up to 170, he had the 
Nice streak. Yeah, nice he had streak a nice streak while, at yeah. 170. Mm. And then, but Al Quinta, he gave the uh, the current the one who was that guy that fought. Khabib, he Khabib. gave him a good. From I didn't see the fight, but from what I heard, he gave him a good fight, considering that he didn't have that much time to train. Right, I think it was like a short notice match. Well, he gave him a good fight, and that he managed to go for the full fight of five minutes. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I saw the fight. He was eating jabs over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Really played up by the end of it. I mean, there's no way you could make it. You know, make an argument that he won. It's just that I suppose that he didn't get beat up as much as some of uh, Khabib's previous opponents. Yeah. But I know, like I said, he hit, and he had yeah. he didn't have that much time to train for it, right? It was like a short notice. I fight. believe that was the uh, the card where they went through basically like three, two, three different guys for main event. Because I think that's yeah. when the uh, isn't that when the Brit, uh, Connor bus was it the uh, the chair throwing incident? Yeah, the bus yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on with that one. Mm. But I don't know. I, I don't. I'm a big cowboy fan. I think he's got great jiu-jitsu. He's good off his back. He's got excellent striking. But the only factor is like, how old is he now? He's got to be like 30-something now. That's that age, but the thing is that, like I said, you never know which cowboy's going to show up. Yeah. Every time you think that he's, you no, know, he goes through this kind of this like slump, he always yeah. gets a big win. I remember, uh, I was actually live, I actually saw his last fight, I believe, live at uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. He fought this guy, I believe his name, Alex Hernandez. Yeah. He was coming off a win over Benoit Darius. I believe he was 10 or 11 or 11 and 0 yeah. at the point. So I think uh, the UFC is probably all right. You know, we have and we're feeding. We have this guy. He's undefeated, young. Let's build him up. Let's fit, give him a veteran. Yeah, but you know, Donald, he just shows that. Like you said, you can never count him out. When you think that he's done with his career, he comes up with a win. Uh, he head kicked the guy, finished him off in front of a uh, you know very enthusiastic crowd. So and I think yo, know, I think he's probably at this point he's at back under a streak again. Let's see how long he can keep it going, you know. So. Yeah, I kind of hope it's not a short fight. I like to see it keep going, you know, because they're both like grinders and stuff. They can both take shots, mm-hmm. and they're both you know tough guys. So I'm kind of hoping, you know. But I do hope Donald wins. That's that's the guy I want to go with. Who do you think? He's a fan favorite. I remember, uh, like, when I said, when I saw him fight in New York, you know, he's a Southern boy, with cowboy, everything. Yeah, but yeah. Even up, even and up he the doesn't back down. Even the Northeast, I remember he was getting, you know, the whole, he had a whole arena behind him the whole time. Yeah, people were going yeah. nuts when he got a head kick. So, I think he's a fan favorite, and, you know, I'm a fan myself, so, of course, yeah. I'm going to be training for him. Even though I, I was tough, you know, he is a local boy. You know, we're, we're, we're both from Jersey here. Yeah. But I got to get, you know, I go with, uh, Go over the cowboy. Yeah. So see, like him, he, he to me is like Randy Couture. He's like a fighter's fighter. You know mm. what I mean? He never backs. He never turns down a fight. He's always willing to fight. I mean, it's a little, he's a, a little extreme with his adrenaline junkie, right? Like he likes to jump out of airplanes and all kinds of crazy crap. I think he almost died last year. Actually, yeah, really? he was doing the uh, deep sea diving. Oh, you really? Yeah, you go underground. You know, you got the, you're, hook, you're hooked up to that uh, air supply tube. Oh. And you explore these kind of these underground caves. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, Austrian was starting like, he got lost, like an Austrian tank or something, but he met, obviously, you know, he's still alive and well, which is yeah. why we're about to watch a fight tonight, so. Yeah. yeah. I forget, who else is on the card? I think you, you noticed someone else was on the card that you wanted to make a comment about. Right, yeah, uh, so on the under the card, right, there's actually, uh, I believe he's about to go uh, fight, Andrew Sanchez. Okay. Uh, for, for all of you listening from the East Coast, he's actually one of our local boys. Okay. I remember I used to see him, actually, he used to teach at the UFC gym over in East Hanover when we were still around. So, okay. this is right before he won. This is before he won on Ultimate Fighter. I was going to say, yeah. uh, he's on the Ultimate Fighter. He I think won, he won the Ultimate Fighter. He was like yeah. a World Nogi champion too, right? And a Division One wrestler? He was a Division One wrestler, I believe. He was also a high school champ back in uh, Illinois. So, he's a very, a very blue-collar, grinding guy. Not, you know, maybe not, not kind of the opposite of Donald. No, no, if, he's not really the type of guy you want to watch. You want to see a lot of flashy... Head kicks, submissions, but you know he's tough. He works hard. He, once he gets in that top position on you, he's gonna control you. You know, so that's gonna, that's what it come down to. If he can work his top, his wrestling game, his top control game. Yeah, who's he fighting today? Let me see. I don't think I'm actually aware of that guy, other guy's name because uh, undercard a little bit of a lot of uh, that's lesser the, known people. That's on the prelim card, though, right? Yeah, I believe he is the uh, third fight. Okay. No, actually, the no, way I think he might actually be the uh, the first fight on the main card. Yes, he is, yeah. Oh, he's on the first fight. He's fighting like, uh, I can think he's a French guy, Marc-Andre Berriot. I actually don't know, any, I actually don't know anything yeah, about him. Yeah. So, yeah. And Walt Harris, it's another guy yeah, from the like, UFC Ultimate Fighter yeah, show. Like, yeah. Cub Swanson, another WC guy. Oh, that, that should fun. be yeah, a good WC one. Guy. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And then, of course, and of course, we got Derek Brunson. And Elias uh, Thero, Thero? I'm not Yeah, French-Canadian guy. So He's good. 
Derek Brunson, I think the last time I saw him fight was when he got knocked out by uh, Jacare for a second time. So I think he's coming off a loss, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So Interesting. All right, guys. Well, that's it. I think we'll be back, and we'll just take a short break. All right, guys, we are back to show, back to the show, and now you'll be rewarded for your patience. Like I said before, if you listen to each podcast every week, you can win prizes. Every week, the prize will be different, but you have to listen to the end of the podcast to find out how to win the prize and get entered into the drawing for the grand prize. In order to win this week's prize, you will have to be the 100th caller to leave us a message using the Anchor app. You can get the app from the Google Store or the Apple Store. This week we'll be giving away a t-shirt with our logo on it. We also appreciate it if you email us by clicking on the email button on our Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. By emailing us, you will automatically be entered to win a secret grand prize we will be doing at the end of August. Again, remember that each week the prize will be different. And you have to listen to the end of the podcast episode to find out what the prize is. Alright guys, we'll be right back. guys we are back now it's the end of our show please leave feedback by using the anchor app to leave us messages next week we'll review what happened in the Cerrone and Iaquinta fight and look at the next UFC event and see if we can pick out the winners I hope you enjoyed the show this is Mark Retorto signing off